listening to the Autism 411 podcast with Dr. Tamara Moody from the South Florida Autism Charter School. Welcome to our first edition of Autism 411 from South Florida Autism Charter Schools and Dr. Tamara Moody. And we're so glad to have you with us here for our first edition of the show. Today we're talking about ABA and uh, Dr. Moody is with us right now. It's good time to talk to you, Dr. Moody. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, it's a pleasure. Well, it's, you know, it's a podcast that you're going to start doing here on a monthly basis for folks to learn about autism, to learn about ABA, to learn about everything that's involved with autism, really, and uh, an opportunity for folks to really get to know you and know what you've been doing. For so many years, you do these trainings um, for the students and for the um, parents of students here in the school to really learn about autism. But this is the first time we're trying to bring this uh, training to everyone so that they can, you know, thousands and thousands of people out there with children with autism, adults with autism that are still learning about autism. So this is totally new to them and this is going to be a very helpful segment for them. Yes, I believe so. I, you know, um, we've heard over the years that we're this uh, well-hidden gem and I think it's time that folks know that we're around and you don't have to attend our school to be able to get the information and the help that you need. Um, we just hired a social worker that will be helping the community as well as well as our family so I'm happy to be here and I'm so happy that finally getting an opportunity to get like the things that my parents have out to the community. So today's topic is going to be ABA? ABA, Applied Behavior Analysis. It's considered a golden standard for autism therapy. I love to say that um, ABA is the minute you walk up, you're supposed to be doing ABA with our students. Uh, this is a scientific approach to therapy which is designed to improve the specific behavior in children with autism, but not just behavior, but uh, life skills everything, like from the way they walk, from the way they talk, uh, the way they approach people, just a part of life. Um, uh, it's most notable with children with autism, but it can be used in every setting and with every population, but it's mostly known in the autism community. Dr. Mooney, you, you use ABA here in the school, right? Yes. So how, how does that work? Because I mean, I, you think of, of as a parent's perspective, they're not used to hearing something like that being applied into a school setting. So how it works is that, first let me tell you a little bit about the school so you understand like who we are and why ABA works for us. So our school only have children with autism. Every single one of our students is diagnosed with autism. All of our students have an IEP, which is an individual educational plan. And we feel like in best practices to be able to educate our children and to be able to work with them, we, use, we need to use ABA. For me, ABA is a study of human behavior. Our student is doing something, there's a reason behind everything that they do. And that's important for us to note and for us to understand. Our students aren't just getting up and decide that today I'm gonna hit mommy or I'm gonna hit daddy, no. There's a reason behind why they're doing the things that they're doing. So the approach that SFAX takes is that from the minute a child pulls up out of a parent car, we're starting language. Good morning, good morning back. If the child doesn't have language, we're prompting a wave, we're using sign language, we're using all these different things to get our student to be engaged for them to communicate with us and it doesn't matter about just speech it's you know however is their means of communication so ABA starts at that moment with the communication part of it and also to teach your kids just how to be appropriate when they walk into the school we're giving them what we call receptive command 
place your backpack, you know, put your backpack away. So when they do that, they're listening. They're listening to our command and they're following through. When they do that, we start off by saying, good job, Johnny. I love the way you put your backpack away. Well, no, that's all ABA. So when you hear ABA, you think it's this thing that is so like, no, it's an everyday part of our children's life. And they're not just going to wake up and know what to do. So what ABA does is it teaches them when they do something, they get rewarded. So the more you do something, the more you're going to get rewarded and the more you're going to feel good, I'm going to feel good and we're going to just be happy campers. And I think that's what has made our kids improve so much because we take that approach. We take the approaches like our kids aren't just going to do things just to do it. Like, why am I going to do sure, it? Sure. Why should I come out of mommy's car and be a good little boy today? No, I'm going to be reinforced. I'm going to feel good about it. And everybody's going to be happy. And if everybody's happy, I'm happy too. Now, you know, you mentioned something in there that's really important. Because in when you think of a, uh, of a neurotypical person, uh, someone that is, uh, you know, they're going to a regular public school, and you say, oh, well, you're rewarding them for doing something. Uh, isn't that going to teach them a, uh, a, bad, a bad habit? But that's not the case for children with autism. No, no, no. And, and no, but it shouldn't be the case for anyone. Really? I love my job. I adore this job I this is my dream to be at SFAX and to be a part of this fantastic uh, this fantastic community but I couldn't do it without reward my reward is my paycheck right. <laughs> you know so at the end of the day I'm getting paid and I'm not taking for granted that I'm getting paid if you don't come to work early every day your paycheck is going to be affected right it's not going to be the same paycheck so you have to look at it like that parents shouldn't think or the community shouldn't think oh they're going to depend on it no we all depend on being reinforced. I like to be told I look good today. Who doesn't want to be told they look good today? If I'm told, oh, Dr. Moody, I love your hairstyle, guess what? Next couple of weeks, I'm going to do the same hairstyle again because it made me feel good being reinforced that my hair looked good. So, you know, ABA is it's a highly, highly qualified field of, of therapy. This doesn't mean that parents or other caregivers can't apply ABA therapy techniques at home. It is just the way I'm explaining it. It's as simple as... Um, you do something, you get reward. You know, um, you do something, something was removed, right? And if you continue to do something, I like to use the example of the supermarket. You go to Publix, right? And your parents um, said, if you go and you walk nicely through Publix, you're going to get a candy at the end of Publix. We do that to our neurotypical kids all the time. I tell my kids, we go to Publix, when you're done, you can get a cookie. Right. That right? makes sense. It makes sense. So the chances of my child going to Publix and walking through Publix and not complain that I don't want to be in Publix anymore, you know, that it's going to be high. Same thing with your husband. Which husband wants to go to the mall? <laughs> Babe, I promise if if we if we go to if we go to if we go to JC Penny with me and Victoria's Secret, I promise you I'm gonna cook your favorite meal today. He's gonna be quiet in the mall because at the end of the day, he's gonna get that whatever it is that he wanted to have for dinner. So you have to look at it like it's a give or take. You know, you can't just always, our kids aren't just gonna do it just because. I'm not just gonna work just because. I'm getting a reward after. I'm getting a paycheck at the end of the bill. And with it all together, it makes yeah, a lot of sense. Yeah. Well, when you talk about ABA, so let's uh, let's get a little bit more in depth into this um, because there's many different programs that are out there to help children with autism. What makes ABA stand out from all of them as one that works? I, I believe it's the data. I believe that um, it's scientifically proven. It brings data drives the decision that an ABA therapist make. We're not just picking. Oh, we're gonna, just going to do this. No, the data works. The data counts. It 
it, 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 it um, is driven by fact, factual evidence. It's not just something that we came up with. It's something that if you're going to use ABA, you have to look at the data because the data drives the action that the therapist or the parent or the teachers are taking. It's... Um, if you, you know, when you're working with children with autism, there's no doubt that ABA technique works because it changes the behavior. You know, if you're doing ABA the right way, it changes the behavior. And that's what you want to see happening. Um, I believe that like at SFAX, like when we do ABA and they, um, someone said to me, uh, Dr. Moody, such and such is breaking furniture. The first thing that comes to mind as an ABA person or ABA school is what's the function of Johnny's behavior? Why is Johnny breaking the tables? There's always a function. It could be because he wants attention. It could be because of sensory issues in the classroom. It's too loud. Mm -hmm. It could be because I'm hungry or I just want to be left alone. I'm communicating. Leave me alone, right? Correct. Um, Because ABA has, when you think of ABA, there's function behind why our kids do what they do. And I think that the methodology, that's what makes it so different and um, clear cut. When you talk about, uh, another thing that's in there is really important fact that uh, folks often say, well, how do I know if my ABA is being done right? Because there's a lot of conversations out there, whether it's online, whether it's on radio, uh, where people say, well, I don't really trust ABA. I've heard bad stories about ABA. But a lot of that seems to be when you're dealing with someone who's not applying it properly. And you know what? It, it takes a special person to apply it incorrectly. Um, I, I, I think that you're right. There's a lot of people out there that saying that they're, they're trained. And, and I've met a few. But it's it's one of those things that the parents need to understand the science behind ABA because you can see it. I'm not saying overnight ABA is going to cure anybody or it's going to resolve the issues that you're having at home, but it can at least replace the behaviors, replace the inappropriate behaviors. It teaches you that. Um, there's lots of different programs out there that I'm, 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 I'm happy about. University of Miami Card Center with Michael Dr. Alexander. He is a, a great source of information information on the card website. Autism Speak have really good information about ABA and what you should look for, you know, what positive reinforcements are, how to identify the function of a person's behavior, how to identify good reinforcement, how to identify why a person does the things that they do. And um, I'm a strong believer that if you get these resources and you use them, that your child, um, and you'll see, you'll see a difference. Now, I know you apply it here in school, but when you apply it at home for parents that are wanting to get it at home, there's a really important factor that I know you've brought up before. ABA and ABA therapists that work with your children, they're not babysitters. They're not. They're not babysitters. And um, I think that my views to how ABA should be used at home is probably different from a lot of people. Anyone that's listening uh, today is probably going to be thinking, no, I I don't agree. But this is the way I look at it. If you're in a school and you're doing ABA all day long, the way we're doing it, sitting at a table and, you know, asking a student to do things when they go home and they have ABA therapists that comes into the home, they should be working on the things at home. If I'm teaching little Johnny that this is a pen 
at school, when Johnny goes home, he needs to know that that thing over there is a pen too, that there's different types of pen. It should be generalized. So we don't necessarily need to be teaching the same thing that I that we teach at school at home. It should be done in the natural environment. So if we're gonna be teaching how to, to set the table, it shouldn't be done the way we do it at school around the classroom desk, no. It should be set at the table at home. It should be done in their therapy room at home. It should be in the kitchen. It should be in the, the dining area. And you should be working on functional skills. You shouldn't be just thinking about functional skills when they're older. You know, when they're 16, now I'm going to teach him how to get dressed. No, I'm going to teach him how to get dressed the minute that he has the, the fine and gross motor skills to, to learn how to do it. Because what happens later on, it becomes different, becomes difficult, it becomes harder. Um, I think that ABA cannot work if it's only being done at home um, and it cannot work if it's only being done at school. I think that it takes a team, it takes a village of people to understand it and this is why SFAS, um, at South Florida Autism Charter School, we do a lot of parent training. We show parents how to actually apply this in the home setting. Um, you know, the, the greatest gift is to be able to say to your child, oh my goodness, I can't, I need to write this number down and he knows if mom says I need to write this number down she needs a pen now how do I teach her at school I say can you show me the one you write with right but at home mom should just be saying gosh I need to write this down I don't I need something to write with and your child hand you a pen now he's just generalized the way I taught him at school around a desk to in the home environment. And that's why it needs to be done hand in hand. And a lot of times you'll hear a lot of ABA therapists say that, you know, they don't feel like parents are as involved. And it's very important for them to be involved. You can't just sit at home. Oh yeah, the parents is the greatest reinforcer. If I could have a parent and keep them in my pocket for every time I need a child to do something and just pop them out, the child is gonna do it more because there's no, there's no greater love right? The unconditional love a parent has for their child is greater than any therapist or any teacher could possibly have for their child. And, um, and, and that is like, you can be the best person. They're siblings, you know what I mean? But you should not be sitting at a desk at home teaching. It should be done outside in the pool um, during a bath time. You know, uh, can you put the shampoo in your hair? We just taught them here. We just taught them ahead. You know, can you clean your nose? We just taught them this is a nose. You know, a child who doesn't know how to, uh, doesn't have verbal language, uh, speech, and they're in the swing at home. You push your child and you hold the swing. Then you show them the sign push. Then they do push and then you push them. You know, that's just just how you do it. Um, I believe that, uh, you know, when you're teaching ABA in the home, you should make it fun. It should be relaxing. It shouldn't just feel like you're sitting at a table just working because then the child's not going to want to work for you. I've been at school all day working. What child does? Exactly. I mean, I mean even neurotypical children don't like to do that, but when you have a reason for it, if it's fun and enjoyable, they'll want to get involved. And one of the worst things that I, I've seen when, when working with ABA, even with my own children, is that they sit down and at a table to do some type of activity. If the activity is boring, all they do is throw negative behavior all over the place. They're not learning anything. And, and there's great people out there, but um, we just, as parents, we need to be able to, to tell them what is it that we would like 
for them to be able to do in our home. I mean, when I did home program, it was important. I had great families that I worked with. They gave me free reign of the home. So I was able to work in the pool. I was able to work outside. We even made tents inside the house with flashlights. And that's how we work. And I would get the most the most skills taught during those times because it was fun. And the children were able to generalize the things that we were doing because it was being taught in a natural environment. And um, and, I, and, I, and I think that is important, that our student is able to, to generalize the skills being taught at school, at home. One really important thing you just mentioned is pools. Um, not just because we live in South Florida. Yes. For those that are listening across the country, we've heard the stories. Children with autism, for some reason, they have a love fest with water. Yes. And if they don't know how to swim, it's it ends in tragedy. And mm-hmm. having an ABA therapist who can work in a pool is one of the most important things I think you can do for child Oh yeah, autism. and it's not just teach it is not to teach them how to swim you know it's to teach them safety you know like if you fall in the pool you turn around and you touch you try to touch the wall right um our kids yes have this 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 thing well actually uh drowning is um one of the highest rates in death for children with autism in in the country and then for for florida (laughs) drowning is one of the high um so can you imagine when you combine both yeah um it's really important and that's one of the focus that we at sfax will be focusing on in the near future we're going to be building a pool and we would love to be able to teach our kids how you know just safety it is extremely, extremely important. But I, I think that as an ABA therapist, you also need to be able to, I, I always tell my teachers, you have to be the best dancer, the best comedian. You have to be able to think outside the box. You can't be boring. Your voice needs to set the tone for your class. Um, you got to be exciting. You know what I mean? No one wants to work for a boring teacher, much less a child with autism. Um so I think it's important that when you, I, I, I do believe that um, ABA is the gold standard for, 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 for autism therapy. I believe because of the scientific approach, the way it designs to improve specific behaviors and skill in many different areas in life, but most notable for autism, it's really, really important that parents find good people to work with. And that is something that's really difficult. You know, we've talked about the one end of ABA, which is working on projects, which is teaching, learning the little things like what a pen is, you know, or what a pencil is, et cetera. There's the other end of ABA as well, which a lot of families that are first timers with children with autism know that it's, it's necessary. And that's the behavioral side. There's a lot of times that children have behaviors that are, that could be violent, that could be out of control in your mind. And the ABA therapist, they're not a savior, but they're able to help not only the child learn how to deal with it, but also the parent to learn how to deal with it. That's a really important step. Um, I think that if you really understand the function of a child behavior, you could really tune in and see why our kids are doing the things that they're doing. I don't believe that our students just have behaviors just to have them. I think that after you sit and you try to observe and you look at the data, if you can't come up with like a clear reason for their behavior, you have to look at the medical. You know, you have to think about, is he having headaches? Why is he headbutting? You know, um, is he having stomach ache? Why is he doing that? We don't know what the medication also that our students are taking, what kind of side effect. I mean, I, I, I take a, a pill because I have headaches, but sometimes it makes me drowsy or it makes me have dry, like my mouth gets dry, right? Right. Um, 
could our kids be having some kind of so when I, when a child starts having behavior in our school one of the first thing I ask the parents is has anything changed what's the side effects of the medication that he's taking you know because um, you have to look at the environment as well but I do believe that that is ABA if ABA focuses on the function right and if you focus on a function of the behavior you'll be able to identify like the reasoning behind why our kids are doing what they're doing because there's always a reason um attention sensory you know um want to be escape there's all these different reasons why our kids do the things that they do i'm going to fall to the floor because i don't want to go to Publix. makes a lot of sense it's an it's a, it's a response to a feeling um We've kind of we've talked about the whole thing about ABA and how it works, but how about getting to ABA? If you're a first-time parent or your child was recently diagnosed and now you're looking at, like, I don't know what the next steps are. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. Um, how does one go about learning or finding the ways to get to ABA and how to know they have the right ABA therapist for their home? So I don't think that you should just take the first person you get. I think that just like you would interview for a job, you should be interviewing the right person to put in your home, right? Um, but once your child is diagnosed, I think one of the first thing that, especially if you're in Florida, one of the first thing that you could do is to reach out to one of the universities. University of Florida, Nova University, UF, all these universities has programs. They have what we call the CART Center, Center for Autism and Related Disability. And within that CART Center, they're able to, to kind of direct you to like where the resources are. I also think that as a parent, the minute you find out that your child has um, autism and you've identified the therapist and the people that's going to be working in your home, because you also need to identify your OT you know, your occupational therapist, your SLP, your speech pathologist, your, you know, PT if you need phys- if your child needs physical therapy. Once you've done that, you need to look at your outside village. So you have your villages of therapists, you have your vill- you need to build that village of the people in your home. I believe that the siblings should be trained. Your husband should know what's happening, the wife should know what's what's happening because all those people that village work together to really show progress because having a child with autism is not a one-man show you know I've, I've talked this conversation before with a lot of people and I, the first thing I've always said is you know for some reason when we have the diagnosis of autism we tend to think oh it's just a diagnosis or something but the reality of it is is it's more like let's say you got into a serious car accident and now the whole family has to get together because you have to learn how to walk again and that's exactly what it's like for and but it is not just for a year or two it's the life lifetime of your child you have to get together with your family and that's where it starts to really build this whole thing and then once you've got the good doctor once you've got a neurologist and you're able to get the the diagnosis in line and find what therapies you need that's when you start branching out to the therapies out there as well and there's two different kinds there's in-house and there's an in-center um are there really a benefit to either one it sounds like the aba is kind of better when it's at home I don't want to say better, but I believe that anything that you do in life, of course, it's going to be better when it's done in the natural environment. I think that when it's done in the natural environment, it's so much easier to be able to generalize the skills. You don't want your child to learn a skill in school and only be able to do it in school, right? Right. Because then... then it's not gonna it's not gonna help the child in the long run you know 
Um, when I say this, sometimes my colleagues or my parents get a, you know, they I could see the sadness in their eyes. But I'm a strong believer in that, you know, we have to realize that we're not going to be around forever. If it's one thing that this pandemic has taught us is that life is just not promised to, to us. So we need to be able to teach our children that if I learn to go to the party at home or at school, I need to be able to do the party at home too. And I think it's the same thing with a center-based program. I think if they're going to go to a center to do therapy, that's okay. As long as when they go home, that skill is being taught in the natural environment as well. You cannot just learn that it's a car by touching a toy car. Point to the car and they touch a little race car. No, you need to know that that, that vehicle that you're driving on an everyday basis, that's a car too. You know, and they need to be able to learn that. So if we just taught your child that this is a car in the in a environment like a clinic, when you go outside, the parents should be go, so point to the car. Yes, babe, that's a car too. It's a car. And reinforce that he understand that that's a car as well. I mean, ABA therapy and ABA program should be helping to improve language and communication, should be helping to improve attention and focus and social skills and memory and academics. It also should be helping to decrease problem behavior and with all of that it could be taught in a school it could be taught at home it could be taught in a clinic but it needs to be generalized makes a lot of sense let's talk a little bit about south florida autism charter school um, as we get ready to wrap up the uh, the podcast for today and the reason i want to bring that up is because as you started off with we talked about how your school the school here is aba based kind of walk us through what makes that so unique because a lot of families could be saying i don't know where to send my my child can i send them to the regular school or the one down the street that's going to have some special needs program they're not going to have that aba base like you guys have so, South Florida Autism Charter School, my baby, um, it's a school just for children with autism and we're located in Hialeah, Florida. We actually just got our very first real campus. This is our campus. Um, all of our student is considered to be on more involved uh, part of the spectrum. And when I say that, um, that they're more involved, is that they may speak just like how you and I speak, but they may have some behavioral issues dealing with just change or um, have a hard time expressing their concerns or their needs or their wants. Um, all of our students are, they, they, they drive. Most of our students, they're not located in Hialeah. They drive as far south as Homestead for 11 years now. We've been open. This is going into our 12th year. We have students that's coming as far north as Parkland. Um, and for me, it's just an amazing sacrifice that our parents make to have our, their children come to our school. We're therapeutic base. We, um, we follow the district, except that we teach differently. So we, of course, have to do the access points. We have to do IEP. We have to have all the different goals that uh, a child that's in a another program in the district would have to do. It's just in the way we implement it. Um, I think also what sets us apart and why ABA work in our school is because we do have ABA therapists in and out of our school. We also, and every single one of our teachers is trained in ABA. They do an intensive two-week training every single year. All of my certified teachers are have the autism endorsement through the DOE, Department of Education. Um, 
All of the classroom has one certified teacher and two assistants, nine students. So we have a three to one student teacher ratio, which is amazing. We have ABA, we have ABA therapists, we have OT, PT, speech, and um, our teachers are very well in, um, trained in sensory integration. So we have a really, really good group of people here that's well trained and well diverse in the methodology of um, applied behavior analysis. And I think that is what set SFACs apart. Um, and then on top of it, all of our parents have to be trained. You know, I believe that if I'm going to do it at school, you're going to have to do it at home too, because the only way we're going to be able to know that our kids are making progress is if you tell me. I'm not going to know if the parents don't tell me that their kids are making progress. We're going to see what we see in school, but you're going to see more incidentally at home, meaning that it's going to just happen because you're just not sitting around a table saying, touch your nose. You know, you're going to say to to little Johnny, Johnny, oh, your nose. And guess what? He's going to touch his nose. And then you're going to realize that we just sat at school and taught him, point your nose. And now you said to him, oh, your nose, you have a little thing on your nose. And he touches. That's like the greatest, greatest accomplishment, right? Right. Because now he understands that this is a nose when daddy says it that way. And that's a nose when the teacher says it that way. So he's already generalized the different antecedent, different ways that we're instructing him. Not only that, you guys are working on other projects here as well, a, a future center where we talked about some of these therapies, whether it's speech or OT, and, and down the road, you'll have that uh, center open soon. We are planning breaking ground for the center now in, uh, in December. Uh, we're going to be having a pool there, a gym. We're going to be taking kids as early as six months there. Um, I think it's really important. I have an amazing staff. I want to keep my staff. And I feel like, you know, they're getting married. They're having children. We need to be able to provide uh, a place for them, as well as the siblings. If you're driving from Homestead to bring your child with autism to our school, you have a daycare that your other child could actually go to. Um, I think, you know, we talked about swimming earlier. It's important for us to have the pool there. And obesity is big in the autism community with our kids and I think that we need to be focusing on that and that's where the gym comes in um, and we're going to be doing workshops from talking about masturbation to special needs trust to talk about ABA and reinforcement like what is so important about that and then we're going to have our villages we already have what we uh, friends of South Florida autism this is our fundraising component that's where we have our gala and we do a lot of fundraising and that's why we're able to have the big beautiful campus that we have that's located at 3751 West 108th Street in Hialeah. Um, we've only been here for four months and I'm very proud of the building. Every classroom has an observation booth. Every classroom has uh, cameras. Um, we have, uh, I would say that, you know, there's a lot of things that sets us apart at SFAX, but I think that I've always had a belief that everything that a neurotypical child has an experience, a child with autism should too. So we do proms, we do homecoming, we have key club, we have a dance group, we have a basketball team, we 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 compete in the you know special Olympics, and now we're about to start competing in dance. You know, very very excited about the staff that I have and the people that has helped me. I have some amazing board members and amazing staff that's been with me for 15 plus years 
years because I am from the private sector. So I'm very excited and, and also SFAX has a great relationship with the district. We have an amazing relationship with the superintendent and his folks and they've helped us out a lot. Um, we're that circle that you can't put in a square, right? So there's these things that change with us that we do differently from most people. Um, but at the end of the day, I just feel like we have um, we have an amazing program, and, um, and 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 ABA, and I would say ABA is the reason for that. Dr. Moody, I really appreciate your time today. A uh, couple of things. First thing, how can folks find out more about the school if they want to? So if you go to, if you just Google South Florida Autism Charter School, you'll find us. We're also located at 3751 West 108th Street in Ialea. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. You put us in, you'll find us. And if you follow us, you'll be able to find out everything that we're doing. We are social, we are, we are social butterflies. <laughs> uh, we we want to be in a community. We want folks to know what we're doing. And if you are somewhere else listening to what we're doing and you just want to hear about, you know, how you can have an SFAX in your community, reach out to us as well, because we would love to be able to speak to you because we believe that you need to have more of what we're doing here um and then you can also just go to www.sfacs.org and as far as aba is concerned and and the training we received today if they wanted to learn more about it or they had questions for you um, how can they reach you so you can reach us on the website or you can actually just go on if you go on the website actually my email address is there and you'll be able to find and it's info at sfacs.org and i'll be able to answer your question well thank you so much dr moody we appreciate your time today it's been fantastic learning about aba and we look forward of course to another segment that's going to be coming up soon we'll release it here on our social media channel so folks can have a chance to uh to listen to it but uh, thank you for your time and for your insight today thank you for having me talk to you guys soon this has been the autism 411 podcast with dr tamara moody from the south florida autism charter school to learn more visit sfacs.org